Welcome to the Life Engineer with Matty J. He unpacks and interviews guests to share the tools, components, and software that's needed to build a life and mindset by design versus one of default. Welcome to the um, podcast, Mason, Anthony, Dyson, Roberts. Now, I wrote that down, and yesterday I went and picked up my wife, and her friend said, hello, Matthew. And you know when you think, that's always what I get called when I'm naughty. Is that, is that do you get the full words when you come? No, no, no one even really knows my full name. I actually just put it on my LinkedIn not too long ago. You know, because I remember when I was fighting, when I was younger, I was just Dyson Roberts. Because I got the name, no one was called Dyson, it's before the Hoover, so that kind of stuck. Then obviously as I got older, I was like, no, I want to be called my full name. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely don't get called it. <laughs> so, so it's sun- Sunday morning. We've been uh, trying to pin down this for a while. Um, just, just let's just go back to where we met because it was a, it was a strange. We've not met. We met once. Yeah. Just go through back to where we met. Um. Oh, uh, yeah. So I hadn't been in the country for long because I was living in Bali, Indonesia. Actually, I think I might have actually still been there and just been back in the UK on on a trip. Yeah. I remember having a coffee, doing a bit of work in a coffee shop down in Hammersmith, and. Costa, wasn't it? It was, it was Costa. It was Costa sitting upstairs and I'm there working away and I heard well-being or wellness and obviously that's the, the world that I'm in so my ears just picked up. You know, and I didn't, um, but he was on the phone. I think he was on the phone. Yeah, he must have been on the phone. I didn't want to just interrupt on the phone. So I was thinking, oh, had a little bit of a butcher. I was thinking, okay, it sounds like this. So I lined up there and it's very rare that I even go up and start speaking to someone mm-hmm. like that. But he came up with the phone up Remember saying, sorry, um, I just overheard your conversation, this and that other. You guys have a chat. And that's how it Yeah, how it I happened. think it's interesting to I've so I've done it a couple of times. That openness to connect and uh, and reach out is something yeah. that I've got much better doing, like asking for help um, yeah. and connecting with people with synergy. Um I remember walking down, I used to do a, a walk along the beach once and I walked past this guy in a camper van. Yeah. And where we've got the seafront, there's a road that runs parallel. And he was sat in the corner of the camper van. And as I walked past, I remember thinking, that looks like design. Like he's, it was an early morning. He was sat there with a cup of tea. And I didn't realize if I turned around, he was aligned with the sun. Oh, nice. And I remember thinking, I walked past, and, and I, there was a couple of things that day I thought, I wish I'd have done this. You know, when you catch yourself thinking, I wish I'd have gone with that intuition. Like to have not said something means we wouldn't be here or have connected. But yeah. to say something, he opens it up. And I remember saying to him, like, it was the next day or a couple of days later, I walked past and I thought, do you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to say hello. And I said, and as, as I walked past, I said, that looks like this, by design, like you hadn't just sit randomly. Yeah. He was there with a cup of tea looking at the sun come up. And, um, and he said, yeah, he was. And it's funny, this guy looked like Jesus. And we started talking <laughs> and he invited me in. He put the kettle on. We had a cup of tea. We sat there and we looked, watched the sunrise out. And I connected Beautiful. to this guy. He was a carpenter, lived in Gillingham, which is about you know, 20 miles away. And he used to come over and he used to stay in his camper van on the Lees. He knew all of the people in the houses there. And they used to, um, you know, give him stuff that he needed and that. But he just had this whole relationship there. But I remember thinking who would want to sit and have a cup of tea by design versus default? Yeah. Because the default is you see someone that's, that resonates and, oh, I won't talk to them because I look like a twat or, or it's rude or whatever it is that stops 
and it's not by design. Yeah. Um, I know what it is that stops. I know what it is that stops us. It's the mind. Mm. It's the mind and the ego. I've got a saying saying, um, the mind thinks, the spirit knows. You know, when people say, what's your cut? People go, how do I know what my cut is? What's my intuition or what's? Because your intuition is the first thing. Yeah. And it might only be a split second, but it's a split second. It can come and it can go. But that first thing, that first instant, I want to do that. Yeah. That was it. The Tim Ferry stuff follow. And, and he talks about a full body yes. And a mate came up last night who's, um, so he's just qualified as a counsellor. And we was chatting and he was talking about buying a house. And he's seen this house that he's actually committed to. And he, and he, and he was another one and he had some financial advisors. And everyone in the mind was saying that he should go with another house. And as he was talking to me, what he was basically saying was that his body was saying, and this Tim Ferriss talks about, is it a full body yes? Um, and asked himself one of his, and he's really quite anal Tim Ferriss, like he'll calculate everything to a yeah. point. And then one of the things will be, is it a full body yes? Mm-hmm. And my mate was like, what, what do you mean? And, it's, and it is a case of how does that, that feel? And tuning into that, I remember my coach, and some of this stuff does make me laugh, especially you from an MMA background. You have to sometimes catch yourself probably thinking, I sound right woo-woo. Like yeah. a proper like life coach, and my my coach once made me deep breathe and then move my thinking from here to here, but in like a meditative. Mm. I remember mm. <laughs> it was like the weekend I went to Tai Chi. I remember feeling a twat doing it, <laughs> and just and just having to be more comfortable with that sitting in that place, you know. And this is um, so I've got a sheet. I'll get it in a minute. The narrative. Mm. Um, I've got a plastic. Uh, sheet. Let me get in here. Yeah. Yeah. This this uh, this is one of the things that I got into coaching for. So you can't see true colours there because it's full of shit that's been written. Okay. But underneath is is it? But on top is that? Oh, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And and underneath is that choice, that decision that you're. What's that True Colours? Is that a chart? So that's just my logo, Coaching for True Colours, because... Okay, I like it. Yeah, part of me thought, it was interesting when I started doing it, how difficult is it being authentic? And you think it's like, yeah, I say what I want to say. And, and when you get into it and really drill into it, it's actually really fucking hard in so many different levels. Mm. And, and I think... Um, working on that you know it's funny um in in so many different ways it's it's funny how how you can you be 100 percent authentic um because you i know i've been on one of your mindset stuff when you start talking about certain things if you go back to the mma world or before then you're going on about mason you talking shit in yeah what what you get yeah you could be questioned on why you talk about sensitivity 100 percent and it's and suddenly, well, I can't talk about that because I'm going to look mm. gay, too sensitive, weak. Um, mm. It's funny. I watched the thing with Mike Tyson the other day. Uh, Tony Robbins was chatting to him, and he was crying so much. I think related to the man he used to be, like the ego, mm. um, and um, and it was quite nice to see Mike Tyson being you know, vulnerable. Yeah, and 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 that's where. The link to boxing is so I, I, I've got to tell you, just in case you ever 
Nice. That's my second place white collar boxing trophy that I got about three or four years ago. So we done a white collar thing for charity. Um, And I remember thinking in that ring, uh, the vulnerability that you get, that you don't normally get day to day, it was extreme. For me, it was maybe sensitive. But I remember thinking I'd trained in the gym. I'd never really spent time sparring. So really, I went from pad work, um, moving around, light sparring, um, road work and stuff like that, to in the ring. Someone trying to take your head off. And some. Yeah. (laughs) So I talk about shifting where you're coming from. Like, if you you were trying to kill my kids, Mm. you'd be dead. Mm. I just it would just be so you know coming from a different place mm. and um and coming back to that vulnerability and then thinking about places I've been where I've been exposed and worked on myself and the, the environment I create create for people it's got to be a safe space isn't it yeah um, yeah well, well especially working with, with men that vulnerability always used to be seen as a a weakness yeah you know, but it's Tell me how, like, Mike Tyson's crying. What does that mean? Does that mean he's weak? No. Do you know what does that mean? It's only in our heads that we're not comfortable doing it, that we're thinking, well, they shouldn't be comfortable doing it as well. And, and, and I know people that are still uncomfortable even speaking about vulnerability, but that's just societal conditioning that, that we find ourselves in. Yeah, I think, I think you can see it. I can see it in some of the sessions. Once people are ready to open, mm. they're crying before they've spoken mm. at that permission yeah. to, to, to open up. And it's, and it's our job to make that space comfortable. Like if you was in a ring and someone started pulling a knife out, the referee and the coach would say, no, that's not, there's a space for this and there's rules. You know, yeah. you've got the, is it Queensbury rules? Yeah. Um, that, that help you in that space prove out of you and me who's the best or where you and me need to work. Mm. And I've explained to clients that it's going to be like a, co- a, a sparring session. You're going to get uncomfortable, so get comfortable with that. Mm. And at the end of it, we're going to find out where you need to work uh, on, and that is the work. Because mm. I remember sparring, and I remember sparring someone really good. This guy was like a world champion kickboxer. And uh, and he making it look so fucking easy. <laughs> yeah. On just in, and you, and he didn't even have to throw punches. You know how simple it is being that level in fighting, and you got to a level with with your MMA, where if anyone came in the ring, um, there's probably quite a lot of people where you'd feel like you wasn't really being pressured or being put under pressure that you could comfortably cope with that environment, mm. you know, yeah. and, and then you would get to a point of stretch where someone would maybe challenge you, but that would be where the work is. You could spend all day sparring with me and learn fuck all. Yeah. And, and that's, and there's no work involved in there, you know, but I would find 20 things that I'd need to do. Lose weight, get fit. It's probably the first two. Mm. Um, but that would be the work. Mm. Um, and that space of um, vulnerability is, um, it is still funny how on so many levels that it comes up even now with what we're doing there'll be some levels still where it's like you know yeah, there's, there's always there's always that kind of oh we, we want to 
do the best. And sometimes you kind of think, what does that even mean? Even if we're coaching, we want to be able to coach better and we be we, we, conditioned to think that everything has to be good. So I mean, we can't show any weakness. If we're trying to do something, we need to be good at it. And we don't take a time out to think, you know what? I'm not going to be good at everything I do. I mean, I am going to struggle with some things. I am going to need to ask for help. I'm going to need to, even when I was training and coaching, and said, if you don't know something in a question, in a session, it's okay to say, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Can you tell me some more? Mm. But yeah, it's that, that is us being vulnerable, having that in, admittance to that we haven't got all the answers you know and even and then, then people even people that i coach and they get overwhelmed with not having the answers i'm like how do you expect to have all the answers mm. i mean that's being vulnerable just saying you know i don't know everything it's a bit like coming in the gym thinking they want to be mike tyson tomorrow yeah i, I remember going even when i was having a fight i don't think there was one fight that i ever had when i was in the changing and warming up and they've called my name and i haven't totally shit yeah, and good. I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> I haven't shit. Every time I was walking out, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm not doing yeah. it. I don't need it. I, I don't need it. I don't need it. And then, then I'm in there and I'm okay. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm here for it. But it never goes away. That It's a fear. Mm. It's a fear. And I don't know many fights that haven't. But that's the time. truth of fear, isn't it? If you look at yeah. what fear is designed to do, that, that environment is where you buy fear for. It's like, that's what you want to be protected for. Someone that's going to get in the ring and kick and punch your fucking face in until you're knocked out. That's what you want fear for, isn't it? My training sessions were equally as hard as fights. I remember there was, um, we go into the gym and there's certain guys and they've turned up. I was like, oh, fuck, Luke's here. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is, this is, it's on now. It is a fight. And you do, it is fear. It's like, I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to do this, but you still do it anyway. Yeah. And if you, if you was to advise me on boxing, am I right that you have to be in that place to be comfortable at unpacking? So I remember seeing some guys in the gym that I was working at that went on Sky Sports. I remember seeing what they were like in the gym and what they were like in the ring on Sky. And I remember thinking, where was that? Where were those tools they had? Where they... It's the difference between knowing it and unpacking it in that situation. And I remember thinking, I'm going to move quite a lot because I was quite good on my feet. Um, and I was quite, I thought I was quite technical. But then I remember being in there and thinking, it was like you could have just said, forget we'll it. The just survive. <laughs> Try and take a breath yeah. and, and not get knocked out. And it was funny. But I remember thinking afterwards, I would have to submissively fall in love with and surrender to sparring as mm. as high a level as I can mm. to be to make it normal enough to be able to deliver what I can deliver in that scenario and it's the same I think with um with with at every level you know from me starting up the podcast from me doing videos you know there's there's a there's that point of of stretch that you've got to get to and sit with so anna was on the podcast talking about letting go for yoga mm. and i think in so much of this the power is in letting go mike tyson being willing to cry mm. that that's the power in that um letting go and in yoga is finding that stretch point where it's uncomfortable and then sitting there and it becomes normal 
and then that's not uncomfortable anymore. It's, it's important to let go because your mind does not operate to its capability when you're holding on to shit. Letting go is brings a calmness to you. Like you, everything that you've learned, you would be able to pull off in a fight down to the exact position. But if your mind is not letting go and you're holding on to fear, what if I get hurt? What if I could? You're not allowing the true essence of what's needed to express itself. Mm. You know, because we're we've always been people watching me this and other. But if you was just to stop and just settle and just think, okay, let me just see what comes up. You'd be sleeping back. So yeah. Everything you've done in the past, it would come out. But because, and that's the same with life. Yeah. You know, if you've studied for an exam or something, can you know you've read it a thousand times, but once you get in there, you're like, wow, what is it? So it's like, so in it, I link a lot of, I love the analogies, yeah, I fucking love the analogies. So I link a lot of stuff. So engineering, like, I remember fitting a lift once and, and there wasn't the right filter on the lift. And in the block of flats we was in, every time we ran the lift, like people's TVs used to interfere. They couldn't okay. see the picture because the, I think it was something to do with the inverter in the drive unit would cause feedback back through the system. It was something to do with earthing on the client side of stuff. And it's a little bit like that noise that, that, that blocks out the truth, that interference that in the ring, like it was going so loud. I was like, you can, I can this is how I would explain it. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. and, and I think getting back to watching someone like Mayweather, getting back and seeing that, that centered point, And I talk about stance in boxing, like in life, that having that stance of, of a centered point, which is now, mm. and not thinking about what you've got to do in an hour mm. or what you could have said or should have said or da 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 da, being at that point now, there shouldn't be any pain. So if I think about going back into the ring, if you think about going back and sparring, those uncomfortable, you can get uncomfortable just thinking about it, your time traveling out of it. And at being in that point, it's a bit like that. Um, you know, that tire to that tarmac, that very point of friction and traction in the now is, is ultimately where you want to be when you're performing because then it just unpacks. And if you can't jab quick enough, then it's not because your shit is because you just haven't practiced jabbing quick enough. Yeah. And then that's the work in going back into it. But it's funny how that interference can affect performance. And you can't cheat stuff. No. I don't know how you feel like with the coaching. Uh, it's funny. I talked to my coach the other day about him coming on. I remember meeting him. I've only met him once. We, I was up in Liverpool working. We met him. He was a scouser. He's out in Europe now. But we, we met and we talked and we had one of these sessions where we just talked for like two or three hours. It was excellent. And, and he yeah. was saying, basically, this, this company wants him to build a website. But it was almost like he didn't have anything to put in the store yet. And as you start developing your skill set and start creating content and that you start unpacking stuff it's a bit like going in the gym and not really having any set pieces mm. and now if we got in the ring you'd be like yeah because you know double jab you, you have all of these things you've got yeah and and if you haven't got them you haven't got them and the work is unpacking them so it's the same in what we're doing now one of the reasons i do the podcast is to to be able to talk like this comfortably and not be recording and talking to a video because it's more comfortable for me it's better to my style yeah but essentially, we're putting out content for people to come and um, and engage in what we offer. But yeah. 
and it's part of the work, you know, you think you're going to be a coach and then go, I'm a coach and everyone's going to come and <laughs> give you loads of coaching. It doesn't work, does it? No, it doesn't work like that at all. A bit like trying to throw a punch and not being in position. Mm. So come back to, um, and to, I wanted to ask about your MMA and your boxing stuff and where, essentially where you got into coaching. Um, do you want to just talk back and give us a bit of a journey? It was a, it's been a long journey. Um, the fighting happened by, like when I went to uni, went quite late, but I knew that I wasn't really cut out for the normal nine to five. It was, no one I knew was in a nine to five at that time. And I had a few friends that was training. They said to me, you should come down. You should come down and train. I was like, so had you fought at all by that point? Or Not professionally, no. No, I, I trained in the gym. I'd done karate as a kid, and as you do. And the only fighting that I'd done was on the street, in clubs with bouncers and that sort of stuff. And um, I remember being at home when they were watching UFC on the screen and saying to my mates, she was all around having a beer. I was like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to do that. And there's like, car oh, shut up. No, you're not. Shut up. Can't, can't hear it. And then um, it's like everything aligned for me because not long after that, my mate said, I oh, should come and train with us. Went and trained and there was a few guys that were fighting in that gym that were already in the UFC. And I was like, and I remember the coach was saying, you've got talent, you should try and compete. And I was like, nah, I don't really want to compete. I'm not really into it. It takes this discipline and this work and I'd rather just do what I'm doing. And then... Um, Another mate was working on this TV show. He was, I uh, can't remember what his role was. He said, we're doing a TV show for fighters. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, because it's a competition. Everyone from the UK are going to be coming down, auditioning, and they're going to fight each other to get to the final, this, that, and each other. And I was just like, everyone keeps telling me about these opportunities to fight. I was like, yeah, go on, sign me up. So, um, I went for the audition. I remember I nearly missed the audition because I had a flight to catch. Uh, I was going to Marbella. My mate said to me, goes, have you got your audition today? And I was like, oh shit. I goes, can you take me to it before I go to the airport? And he goes, yeah, cool. So he took me there. And um, I was too small for the, for the show because I weighed about 80 key at the time. And it was light heavyweight show. So it was for 93 key in, in MMA. And now there's like, oh, we really want you on the show, but you're too small. I was like, yeah, well, this is it. What can I do? I remember my last day in, on holiday, I was on my way back to the airport. I got a call saying, we know you're small. Can you put on four and a half key? Because that just puts me in the threshold. And I was like, yeah, probably. And I remember being in the airport and I was hanging. I've been drinking and partying all week. Mm. The last thing I wanted to think of was fighting these giants. So, um, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I remember they sent a film crew to my house a few days afterwards. He goes, what are you going to do? I goes, I'm going to eat. I was eating whole chickens each day and just putting on the weight. And anyway, I put the weight on, got on the show, fought a pro boxer my first for the quarterfinals because everyone was getting eliminated. Took him down, choked him out. Uh, fought a guy that was 6'6", six, six, I'm 5'11", 6'6", six, six on um, the second fight. Uh, got him down, uh, gown and pounded him, knocked him out, dislocated his shoulder, 
So what was your speciality? Was it like jujitsu? Was you used to that? No, but the form of karate that I'd done, it was it was bagatudo. So it was it was ground, it was grappling, it was striking, it mm. was kicks. So I was pretty well rounded. I need a touch up. I was still quite raw, but um, yeah. And I knew that my aggression was part of what made it. Yes. And then I got into the final, which was live on Bravo. Um, then it went on to Sky Sports. I lost in the final, lost in the third round, but we headlined an event where all the pro fighters were below us because we was on this TV show and everyone was uh, following us. It had a lot of eyes on it. Headlined the event and got fired the night. The guy was 10 key heavier than me. Got to the final round. I remember um, the first round. And this is when... I don't think I've ever been hit so hard. Well, this is when the pressure really got on because the first two fights, first fight was easy. Second fight was, I didn't, I wasn't confident in it. The third fight, I just thought it was just going to be an absolute war. But I remember in the first round, being hit so hard, hearing ringing in my ears, and I just felt my face just crunch. Luckily, it was at the end of the round. I remember turning around, I see my mum in the corner, and she's just like that. Like, and my mates are with her. And I was like, Mum, I'm okay. And as I said, I'm okay. Blood just went, this blood out of my mouth. And I remember my, uh, my corner man going, you got this, you got this. Uh, I couldn't hear anything. It was just ringing. All I just knew is, I've still got to go out again. I'm fighting five minute rounds. Got to go out. So I went out for round two. It was giving it. I started to get firm punches. Both of our faces were just marked up. Went back to the end of round two. I was like, I just want this to be over. I remember I wanted out. I was like, this is absolutely horrific. Mm. But then I went out to the third round, still just giving it all. The last, before the last round, he's got on top of me and choked me out. And that's when I got a taste of it. I was thinking, I'm happy that's over, but I'm not happy that I lost. Mm. I feel like I had more to give. And then I remember looking up and there was like 3,000 in the, in the, in the um, arena at the time. And looking up, I was thinking, this is a bit of a buzz. This is, uh, I like this. Mm. And that was it. So I wasn't, what was supposed to have happened was the fact that I lost in the final would have been it. But the promoter, he said to me, look, I know you lost in the final, but it's such a good fight. We want to see you fight again. Do you want to come fight for us? And I was like, yeah, why not? And that was it. So um, I thought, but I was, a, I had a lot of injuries. I had a lot of injuries and I didn't fight as consistent as I was. I was always there training in the gym. But, Back then, we're going like 10, 15 years ago now. Yeah. I started, when I first started. Was that, was that paid? Was, it, was this, was this? Yeah, it's all paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all paid. Paid sponsors, everything. So, you, so um, this was your job then? It's pro, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but we didn't have like, the nutritionists that they have now. We didn't have the physios that it is now. The, the training was still very raw. So we'd be going into training, knocking seven bells out of each other, which isn't good for your body. And this is where, so the idea of the engineer, life engineering is the components that make stuff up. So like there, not having the, the aftercare maybe to get your body right, not having the nutrition to get your body, um, give it all the fuel it needs. These are components that make a difference, that would have made a difference in hindsight now, you know, and that's what I'd like to try and unpack. The other thing that you said, which I think resonates and I'm doing a lot of work now about shifting. So in engineering, 
we do standard control panels which have transformers. So you've, the source is 415 volts and then you tap it down to 240 volts, 110, uh, 55 volts or 24 and 12. You take what you need depending oh, okay. on what you've got to do. But something like that fight you need to tap into. You know, if I'm going to drive a lift, you can get a small lift that works on 240 volts, but generally they're 415 because you're not fucking about. They're, you know, the big car lifts and stuff like that. Mm. The power that's needed. So when you get behind and shift and align for something, how, how you turned up compared to someone else, would you say there was a notable difference in the results, in the components of how you turned up. Forget about the technicality. 100%. 100%. So like a good example for that is like we all have the potential. We probably give on our own, I would say, 40 to 50% of what we're capable of. When you're, when you're operating higher than that on your own, you're almost superhuman. You know, we have so much limitations on what we think we can do. Mm. And you notice, we, like going back to training, there's days when you'd go into gym and you would absolutely boss it. You know, everyone would say, you was on today. You were, and you'd go back a couple of days afterwards and you would get your ass kicked. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking, how could he kick my ass? I'm better than that. Yeah. But it's weird. It's a weird concept when you think about it. You, think, you know you've got more. Why am I giving it? <clears throat> and that's with life. When I talk about what I do is mindset, alignment and meaning. Alignment is the bit that sets it up. You know, we, we, so different components in a circuit, you can realign from, you know, with different components, you can change it from AC to DC. You can drop down to 12 volts. So if you're putting your kids to bed, mm. I always remember shifting. When I used to go and put my daughter to bed with this thing where I used to have to try and get to her to give her a kiss goodnight. With her, and she, she used to have to lay there with her eyes shut and not laugh. And then I used to have to try and get to her. And in between me getting to her, I had to try and make her laugh. Yeah. Get so mad because she just couldn't keep her straight. Why, why, why do I laugh? Yeah. I remember that coming in that place is such a different, you're coming from a different place, but then, but then knowing to shift. And I remember when I did my white collar and I got in there, like I was already a winner because I'd got there and that was it. It was a bit like the man that stands, walks past the 100 metre line. Mm. Whereas the guy that got in there, I think, saw it as 125 metres. Yeah. And, and it was, I just remember thinking again, if I went back there, I wouldn't be so naive mm. that it was just a white collar charity event and I would come from a place of this fucker is dead. Yeah. 100%. And, yeah. and I think that alignment, and I did this with businesses. I used to sit there sometimes. Um, and be in a lift business wanting to be doing my coaching and not and being of conflict. And we talk about this in hydraulics, you know, you either fully engaged, you're fully off or you're in some kind of conflict and you can hear it in the hydraulics. Oh, well, is that when it's in motion, do you mean? Yeah. So in conflict, so when, when the lifts slow down with hydraulics, they put these valves in, which com they conflict the oil. They can, they constrict the oil. So there's a conflict there until it stops. And it's a bit like that in life. Um, you don't want to be put, throwing out two punches. You want to be driving one punch nice and clean at a time. Mm. And, and in life, it's, it's not getting in that conflict. So when I'm in business, sometimes it's like when we was fitting lifts, if 
the guys are busy and the pit's got to be clean, then I'll clean the pit. I won't be coming from a, oh, I'm a director, I don't need to be doing that. Mm. I'll fucking clean the pit and mm. change my hat. And I do it now. Like I'm in a podcast. I'm not coaching now. I'm in a different scenario. When I coach, I change and shift and come from a neutral point. And then depending on what happens in the session, but I remember I get to a point where that's the point I'm coming from. Mm. And then afterwards, I'm going to go and I'm going to work on the house. So I'm going to get changed and a cup of tea, get the tools out. Mm. I'll be coming from a different, you know, yeah. and, and shifting in business. Mm. It's like shifting in life. I think when you can see the problem a lot of the time is people are fixed, which is why I like MMA, you know, if the boxer stood there like a boxer in MMA, he wouldn't last long, would he? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and, and it's shifting, like you say, okay, well, and you change your stance. If we was in the ring now and, and suddenly I, you had to, I started coming to your legs, mm. you would change your stance yeah. straight away, wouldn't you? You need to know how to be flexible, you know, you need to be able to adapt and that's where people, um, well, not all people, but many people struggle and fall short because they don't know how to respond to the changes in life. You know, they'll have, they'll get such, like the current climate, for example, people are taking this in so many different levels. Some people think, oh my God, what am I gonna do? Some people are like, okay, well, this is happening. Mm. What can we do with this? Shift. You know? They say Muhammad Ali, and I think uh, a lot of the great fighters, one thing they're good at is shifting very quickly. So I was going to approach the fight like this. Mm. Suddenly, that's not working. Instead of just carrying on, mm. shift and change. And, and that I think that submissiveness to change, whereas if you're fixed, mm. you know, um, and you're coming from, if you was coming from that MMA type the whole time, and then you wanted to go and get a relationship, you know, do you want to go on a date? Mm, it's not going to work. You can't, it can't work, can it? You have to change and soften and, you know, um, and come from a different place. And I like the analogy with, um, you know, it's just as effective. Well, it's, it's how you smash the shit out of life, same mm. as you do in the ring, is find those ways because it may be you don't know a way. You know, if, if, if I went and tried to do MMA, I've got no idea how to choke you out. I'll have a go. <laughs> but I watch um, so I watch my men mentor in I want to be Joe Brogan I haven't got the dumbbells up here yet but but when he, he chats to people about MMA and talks about getting in a triangle and that I still don't know what he talks about but you can see the set pieces that oh, he's, if he's in this chokehold he's trying to get around the back he's trying to and you can almost see like he's making a cup of tea oh he's got the cup out there's that process that they're seeing that I don't yeah. see because I haven't got that upgrade. Mm. Um, and, and, and in life to shift effectively, if you want to get into MMA, you've got to get the upgrade. Same as you want to be a coach, well, you better get used to marketing mm. and sales because no one's going to be knocking on the door. There's an up, another upgrade needed, isn't there? 100%. Um, and if you come from a fixed point, you're going to get knocked out or put on your ass because it won't. That's just life. This is life as a thing. I'm, I heard a quote. Actually, it wasn't even a quote. It was something that Joe Logan did say. It goes, um, you can't get better by being the same. Mm. You know, if you want to improve, you can't just do what you've always done. And it's sort of like with life situations, if somebody's like this, just prodding along, and then life comes like this, and they're not ready to try and move, they're just going to be trying mm. to fight life. 
and it's just a constant battle. But when you are able to kind of accept life for this and just knowing that you're not going to change life, whatever happens to you is going to happen regardless. But what you do have the ability to do is just to be able to, to slip. And I think or, or that, like having, having that guy in the corner, you know, after a session, the guy in the corner can be like, well, like, well, like you come, you're too flat footed or, you know, that session unpacks that work. And it may be that work is you don't, you don't know enough about working on the floor. You don't know enough about floor work. Mm. Well, then, then you go off and, and the client signposts themselves on the work they've got to do. But, you, um, but with coaching, it gives you that perspective to see that differently because most of the time people are just... I remember sparring with someone like me and it was, like just, a, it was just a mess. Yeah. And, and, but then, seeing, then speaking to the coach afterwards... I remember him saying the guy was really tall and he said, don't try and hit him, try and hit him there. Don't actually try and hit him in his face, try and hit him there. And that, and him seeing that from a distance, like saying to a client, okay, well, why is this so complicated? Mm. And getting them to stand back and look at, look at the process yeah. like a circuit diagram. You know, you're not getting enough calls or you're getting work, but the jobs aren't making profit. And just seeing back at that circuit almost, that scenario, that combination of punches, well, what can you shift and change? And it might be getting in a better position. You know, if someone's trying to uppercut and they're not, you've got to change where you're coming from when you're uppercut, haven't you? Mm. So, so that process gives them that view that you can then go away and work and see better. Yeah, you need you need different eyes on it. Like it's like the saying goes, the fish doesn't notice the water it swims in. Yeah. Now when you're so involved in something, it's hard to get a different perspective. Because I guess you you train as as, as a coach or a personal therapist, you, you very much as in your situation. You don't take an objective view on any given situation that's happening for you. Whereas doing the work that we do, we might understand that something's coming and thinking, okay, that's not working. Let me just step back and just see what I can do to change this environment. Mm. You know, whereas the majority of people that haven't done the work, they're still very much, you know, okay, well, this isn't working. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to push harder. I'm going to harder. I do the same exact thing because they haven't even got the foresight to step back. Do you know what I mean? To reset. Yeah. I mean, to try and change the game plan because it's not, they've not been taught to it. Like even with me, like even working with, with my coach, I'll, I'll speak with her and like, we all know what we need to do. And obviously she just asks a few questions and she helps me unpack what needs to be done. Oh, okay, that was it. You know, and, and I think it's, it's weird. I'm not just being biased because I am a coach. I just feel that everybody could be He'll be better, give that a little bit more if they worked with a coach. And the good analogy about that is when you go to the gym and work out by yourself, you might work out to here. If you've got a personal trainer that you're working with, you're going to push yourself, you're going to get to here. It's no difference with a coach. With your life, you might live your life today, you work with a coach, you're going to be able to get you've got to be willing stuff. for that uncomfortability haven't you you've got to be open to it oh yeah and you've got to recognize that you haven't got all the answers you know you need to recognize that but that's that's what i find
Güven. Güven ay ifaz. I find power in that because I know that me having that admittance means that I'm going to get through it, means that something's going to come of it. Whereas if I don't want to admit it to myself or anyone else, nothing's going to change. Yeah, and it, it's, it is like standing in a room full of mirrors, isn't it? That, that, that every area, and this is where this bullshit can catch you out, that, that unless someone like puts the truth on it, the, the clarity on it, and, and you can see it, I remember that this guy that I was aspiring that was this world champion. I remember what I was doing when I was stepping forward towards him and throwing a punch. And every time he would just step to the side. And then as I come past, he would just bump me on the uh -huh. head. Come on. Yeah. It was so simple what he was doing. And I, but I couldn't see any of that. I would go back and do exactly the same and exactly the same. And all he was doing was stepping. Mm. And they just explained it afterwards. And it was almost like I just, in slow motion, everything come clear. Mm. I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, no, fighting is a great analogy and how life is because you've got different combos, you've got different things, but when you're under pressure, you tend just to go back to your one thing. Like, you know, some people, they might, in a situation, they might cry, they might shout, they might retreat. You know, that's their go-to. Like, and if any every situation happens, you might plan for something else, but you always go back to your default. Mm. You know what I mean? So if you're fighting and all you do is want to throw a big overhand right, once you're panicked and things get pressured, you're just going to keep going back to the default because you haven't taken time just to relax and settle. And, and, and if they see that, if they see that, which is what you're going to be doing as a fighter. Yeah then they're going to get set up and come from a different place to knock you the fuck out. This is it. This is it. And, and, and it's exactly the same with, with, with life. If you try and fight life with the same weapon or the same tool, it's never worked for you. Mm. How do you expect it to change? How many people out there are still in conflict with this virus because they haven't shifted fully? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, and, and, the, and, the, and the pain in this conflict that this, this shouldn't be how it is versus this is how it is and change mm. you know and, and i think that 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 having that space to yeah having that space to do it i mean one of the things on on here i put down that r moment so so in, in the work you've done then what are the so in that boxing analogy another one for me with boxing was um when i used to get anxious or exhausted ray said to me just, just for a moment, drop your, ha drop your hands and just walk the ring. So you're in a corner and you're working and that, and I would just come out and I would literally drop my hands down and just, and just walk like two or three or four steps yeah. to catch my breath and then come back in. And I remember feeling uncomfortable because it seemed cocky. Yeah. But I remember that reset almost was magic to just give yeah. you that energy to come back. So that's in boxing. In coaching, have you had what, what, a couple of things that, that's made a shift for you in the work you've done on yourself? Uh, um, in myself or with clients? Uh, either. Well, with clients, I've realised that you have to adapt. 
you know, as a coach. Of course, yeah, as a coach before, obviously you've got all your frameworks and you've got your ways of communication and you've got your reflection and all these kind of to-dos as a coach, the go-tos, which I get it. It's good to know. But for me, in, in action, it doesn't work with everyone mm. and it's not meant to, you know? Um, so I've had to be very on my P's and Q's when I'm coaching because it's like, okay, well, this person needs me to approach them in this way. And that's my aha moment. You know, some people just need me to show up. Some people kind of want me to guide them into different ways. They want a question. They need a specific answer. And it's been quite fluid. So the big aha moment means that it's not worth having, I know you're not supposed to, but having any kind of plan. Okay, I know what this I think the, the set pieces are worth, worth practicing in the gym. Yeah, they're good to have. Yeah, I remember a guy. We shifted from FaceTime to voice only on the call because he started getting upset. He was in a hotel and he shifted to an area where he could basically cry on the phone. And I remember that I completely changed how I was talking, what space I gave him, how we were communicating. And then on the opposite, I remember this woman who was 65, I remember saying to her, like, what would you do if you was being less of a prick about this? Yeah. And she was like, well, no one's ever said that to me before. But then she bam, 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 bam. Yeah. And it was almost like she needed a little bit of a slap just to, to open up. And, it's, and it's, I think you'll find it's that freestyle of you need to have the tools, but don't go into every fight aggressively because if he's extra aggressive... You might not need to use them. You don't need to yeah. use them all the time. Do you know what I mean? And, and that was, uh, I think, my... Big, and, 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 and it's... I prefer it that way because it makes each session a lot more genuine. I think that's why I like the podcast because I started doing videos and I'm like, I've got points to go through and I've got to talk, but it just felt... There was no uh, connection or, mm. you know... Um, so... So that was one then. So being flexible, being or not not having too much of a plan, I suppose. Yeah, being, but just um, well, not having any plan at all. Um, fully just present. Through. Yeah, just pure presence, and yeah, just allows you to connect and your intuition. Like when you really feel, just say, "What does this client need from me today?" In in this session, what does this client need for me to do? Mm. And and that has been the biggest. Yeah, that's been the biggest aha moment. So what's another one with, um, with you? Or, well, so what got you into it? Because we talked about how you got into coaching. So you... it, was, it was working with a coach, myself, and also everybody always used to ask me for advice. And I've done a lot of work. I've done work that people would think was woo-woo. I've meditated with monks in silence <laughs> with a man, in the mountains of Java. I've done ancient Amazonian plant medicine ceremonies. I have done some crazy bonkers stuff, Matt, I tell you. And um, then when I kind of got into the wellness space with my company Mindwork, I wanted to be a bit more hands-on. Mm. And I used to work with coaches, get coaches to come in and deliver stuff. And I was thinking, I want to see what this is about. And so uh, I've done my training started speaking really with clients. I was probably horrific at first, not really knowing what I should be well, doing. That's a bit like going into the gym for the first time, isn't Every, it? Yeah, everything's uh, learning. Yeah, you look uh, back now, it's like, uh, I can't believe it. Yeah. 
And um, so what was the question? How did I get into it? So what did you, you said you worked with a coach. So why did you go and work with a coach? Well, it was a coach that I hired to, to come and work with some of my clients, my corporate clients. So I was going to hire him, but then it just turns out he ended up starting coaching me. And I liked how it was. And he was an executive coach, but I liked what he was doing with me. And, um, and it was more of just a, just to see what it's about. I'm quite curious anyway. And I've been quite entrepreneurial. I've done quite a lot in terms of companies and stuff. I was thinking, I've never done this. But every time, all the things that I've done before this, even with fighting, the reason why I stopped fighting was due to injury. But everything I've done, I've always been looking for other things to do. Mm. And I, well, I don't feel like I'm, this has changed me enough. Maybe I'm going to try something else. I'm going to try something else. And working in the space that I'm in now is the first time I've never been interested in doing anything else other than mm. what I am. So that was a good indicator that I'm on the right path. You know, it took me long enough to get here, but I'm like, okay. Do you right. know what it is about? Do you know what it is about what you're doing now that's that's aligned so much? I think it's because it's ever evolving. Right. I think it's because you need to be on your A game. If you're putting yourself out there as someone that's gonna bring value to another human being's life. You need to make sure you're fucking good. Mm. Because this isn't a space where you can come in half-hearted and just... I'm sure there's a lot of charlatans out there doing it. Couldn't care less, but I really do care. Mm. As I work, I really do want to it's make a lot of that place. It's funny It's a similar, similar system with the lift industry. So in the lift industry, you can get qualified pretty quick mm. as someone that can install lifts, but probably only one type of lift. It's like becoming a chef at McDonald's. And yeah. then thinking you're a McDonald's chef, and then you say, "Can you do me cheese on toast?" They're like, "I know." I don't know how to. Yeah, they don't do that. <laughs> and it's a bit, and I think it's a little bit like that with the coaching. When you first set out, I remember getting qualified, and I remember thinking, like, no one is everyone going to ask me if I've got a qualification? But does it matter? Like the piece of art you buy because it moves you. It doesn't really matter how the fuck they put it together. Mm. that they move you and they may never have even gone to art school but they move you and i think it is an art but yeah. i think you still have to a bit like the, the the mike tyson you still have to do the did you have to set the pieces of work to yeah. be able to unpack and have those tools when it comes to it knowing you've got to put someone in a corner or let them have some space mm. um to entice them out and and um yeah i can't remember what my point is um yeah, what was we talking about? Are you talking about, um, you said the lifts. About yeah, so, and, and, the, and coming back to the engineers, that, that the depth of knowledge to make a qualified engineer, you've got to go so much into knowing what kind of current voltages. There's so much depth in taking a circuit diagram and reading it. And if you're not used to taking 20 circuit diagrams and reading them, the next one's going to be hard. So, yeah. so it's a bit like the fighting. If you're only a, a boxer who fights a certain style and then you get put into MMA and you have to fight a range of styles and weights, mm. you haven't got that flexibility and variety. And I think it's the same with coaching that you've... Yeah, the... you need it. And I think, I think um, it, it changes, especially, especially if you want to do well in this space. There's so much you can do with it, whether you want to write books, whether you want to be a speaker, I mean, all the things you can do in this space, I think that's what. But you can't cheat it, can you? 
You cannot cheat it. Is that me saying to you, I'm a world champion boxer. You cannot, you cannot ask cheat me. it. If you start sparring, <laughs> you'll be like, he's fucking, he's out of breath already. <laughs> I think you, you might be able to cheat it for a few seconds. So I think there, there are co- co- coaches out there that give it a good go and just have all the spill. But when it comes to the authenticity, when it comes to working with clients, I feel that you really would get exposed quite quickly. If you want to go out and speak in front of thousands, you need to have something special about it. You need to care. Yeah, and you need to have done the work. I think you can take, you can jump steps in two, threes or fours or maybe even fives if you've got long legs. Mm. But you can't do it in tens. So for me with the podcast, this is my fifth. Mm. You know, and I look back now and like, like then I lost, what am I talking about? You know, there's a point where it's like, but I quite, I quite like that. But there's a point where, um, there's a system for working like there was for coaching and there is for marketing and there is for content creating and, and you're doing the work. And this is where it flips that then it comes down to habit. Yeah. So, so to do your MMA, you, 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 you have to spend, how many times have you jabbed? <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? Jabbing jiu-jitsu, I remember my <laughs> instructor said, um, when we first started, when we was doing triangles and arm bars, go, how many times are you going to do this until you get it right naturally? That's what he goes, well over a thousand. And I probably, probably well, of course, I've done it well over a thousand times, but it's um, literally they'll have you repetition. Bam, 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 bam. Just explain, what is a triangle? Because Joe Rogan talks uh, about A triangle that. is, so if I'm having a triangle execute onto me, yeah. My arm, I'm, essentially, I'm choking myself out with my shoulder. You're on your back. Your leg is, your knee would be over my, oh, it's really hard to explain. I won't be able to do it from here, but it's, um, your leg and your feet is like crossed. Right. Your leg is in a triangle. So it's my you leg know? that sort of almost grabs, grabs your arm. So your foot would be here. Yeah. Down here, your knee would be here and your other foot would be over this foot and you'll be pulling it down and I'm like that. And that so chokes it, you out. So it chokes me out, yeah. It's, um, it's, a, yeah, it's an amazing move. It's yeah. Amazing submission. And isn't, isn't it interesting, the components, you know, in, in everything? When I talk about people that want to get more sales, want to be more profitable, want to drop weight, um, it's not... It's not the big things, is it? You know, for me, so I'm dropping weight at the moment. For me, one of the things I've realized is my planning. Like, I know what I've got to do. Mm. I know what I've got to not eat. But it's almost getting myself in a position to think of that before. Because if I leave it till I'm hungry, then I'm eating whatever's there. Yeah. So it's being in that position. Like on a motorway, mm. um, you have that three, two, one before you take a junction. Yeah. If you leave it to the junction, it's going to be so hard. But if you get in position, and that's one of the things that I think I've seen with myself, is get myself in a position to take that next meal much more comfortably yeah. um, and align with it. And sometimes that's the work in businesses, going back to the communication thing, not being out of shift and talk to a certain type of person in your team mm. will limit you because that certain type of person might be the anal fucker that will mean you're not getting you're getting paid or you're not getting not paid for something because he's attention to detail he might drive yeah. you mad because he wants to know everything 
my missus is like that, which is why I brought her into the business and it makes me so mad sometimes, but yeah. I know that I need her. The meticulous one. Yeah, it's a bit like that. No one wants to work on the defence side of stuff if you're an aggressive fighter, but if you then get stuck in a corner... Well, you need to, yeah. It's and true. you haven't got it. Um, so, yeah, no, I think it's... Um, yeah, I think we've got set, set pieces, zero point we talked about. We put, made some notes down there. Um, coming back to that zero point of presence and stance, you know, how important is it to have a stance in boxing? I, I think um, the most powerful thing we can do as coaches and as humans as, as a rule is just be humble, just kind of forget everything you know and just start from scratch and just approach everything with curiosity. You know, there's, a, there's another quote, I love a quote. Um, so you need to open your mind because it's the only way new things can get in. Mm. You know, because everyone has their, they, they you need to remove the lens in which you see the world because sometimes it can be quite linear for you. You've got your blinkers on because this is what you do. This is how your world is. And there's so much here going on that you will Yeah, it's fixed, isn't it? You're being fixed. You've already programmed yourself. So if you can kind of, when someone talks about, for example, COVID-19, everyone goes, you have to do this, you have to do that. I'm like, you're saying what you've read in the papers. There are a thousand other different stories, narratives, experts saying something totally different, but you've just chosen on one and you're being really aggressive with that, really staunch with that, um, with that opinion, mm. you know? And like, well, this is what it is, this is what it is, this is what it is. Like, but I you get can that. see that now, can't you? Yeah, but- You may have got in conflict with them before. No, I wouldn't even get in conflict. Before, I'd have just yeah. said, I'm always the same. Like, I remember saying to my mates, always the time, when a group that we was in, I was like, boys, don't just read the papers. And, and they go, oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, no, I'm not saying the papers aren't true. I'm just saying there's other options for you to look into. Mm. And that's with life as well. Like, even if somebody says something about me or what I believe, I'm like, well, I don't believe that to be true, but I'm open to hear. Mm. Unless I know from experience, I'm open to hear what you think about it. So some things are objective, some things are subjective, some things we have no fucking clue about. And from that, that alone just means that we have to be curious and open, so just really start from the base, like is it rich? We start, I started doing some work, so I volunteer coaching, coaching in the community. We've got a charity locally. And when I started working with some people, I realized they weren't ready for coaching. Oh, yeah. like my dad says to me don't want for nothing and you don't go wrong you know and he works out his dad and his granddad never worked and then you're sort of sitting there with all the shit you're trying at them and it's like they're not even open to it so we started to create the watering man can which is a workshop and it's a bit like planting seeds you know there's a lot of like grass seeds you soak them the day before mm. before you lay them to get them open and some of the work is getting people warmed and opened to doing the work and you've got some friends like we can have a conversation we've never even met other than that first time and have a conversation and we spoke for an hour openly about stuff you got other people like yeah yeah yeah, i don't believe in that shit yeah you know straight away and you're like well you know and then uh, no i've got a mate of mine says i'm part of cults you know and he's open to it but he, he takes the mick that um that that it's it's just something else and they're not even open to it straight away i've got a lot of friends that i've got no idea what i do 
what I say to my mates about that, um, I've got an analogy that I remember I was in a, having a bit of discussion with a pal. And like, so when I done this ceremony in the jungle where you drink uh, ayahuasca. Oh yeah, yeah. Tim like, Ferriss talks about that. That's yeah, hallucinogenic, isn't it? DMT, yeah. Um, <laughs> what was that like? You, you travel to a different place. Yeah. And it sounds bonkers. I am such a normal guy. Everyone goes, are you spiritual? I go, yeah. It goes, it doesn't mean just because I don't wear beads and mm. all that, that. You've got this whole stereotype about what it means to be spiritual. What I, my definition of it is that I feel that we're, there's something more than this, this skin of suit that we're in. Mm. You know, all the other senses, like knowing what, knowing, thinking about someone and them calling you and all these things that, anyway, I digress. So, um, when I'm talking to people about this stuff, like, no, nah, I don't believe that. I think we just, this time's other, but what you just essentially said to me is it's like me saying to you, there's a purple car outside, and you saying, no, there's not. I'm like, go and have a look. And you're like, no, I'm not going to go and have a look, but I'm just going to tell you there's not. So, I mean, that is the definition of a closed mind. Mm. Don't argue a point of something that I'm trying to share to you if you're not willing to go and have a look. If you go and have a look, not out the window, if you go downstairs, have a look. And come back and go, yeah, yeah they don't yeah. they don't realize i mean i've I've read a, a bit about this, and I'm interested in it, but it's not like doing acid in a park, is it no 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 no, no. so it, and it's funny because um it'd be interesting because I think some of me got got in a bad place because of doing the wrong things mm. in the mindset in a certain environment with certain people and and I think it would be interesting to see if I can come out even deeper with doing the same thing with the right people in the right ways, because it, because from what I've read of it, it's a powerful, so he talks about it like the mic, you've got a telescope to look at the stars and a microscope to look at the atoms. atoms and yeah. this gets you to look at your soul almost, or your mindset almost, that window. Um, with DMT, so I was asking DMT, same active compound, when you go, you don't go, out up there you don't go you're in which you just are it's like everything's around you and how i define it sort of like what do you see i goes well i just feel that everything's around us but why can't we see it goes can you see bluetooth can you see radio waves can you see microwaves can you see sound can you all these things that are frequencies that are around us that we can't see they're there Mm. You know, so if you look at a quantum level, it goes that we just operate on a certain frequency. I can't remember our bandwidth for human, but there's whole other dimensions happening literally around us that we just can't tap into. And these kind of gateway substances like DMT or ayahuasca or whatnot that have been used for thousands and thousands of years by shamans and ancient civilizations, that now that just, it just sounds so far from what we, <laughs> yeah, from what we know in the Western world. But you go and speak to Aboriginals, you go speak to the Mayans, you go and speak to certain parts of Africa and in India, and that they've been doing these things for thousands of years. It's like, yeah, of course, it's normal. Yeah, there's another world that we just can't see. Mm. That's their normal. But I think I think that makes a good coach as well. That that I use it as a, it's the synergy. You know, it's like synergizing with someone mm. on a certain level. That if you're open to that. And I think that's where that openness comes in to being a good coach that whether you're talking to a business person or a whatever, if you can synergize and align with them in terms of energy, then it's easier to connect and open and relate yeah. to. And I think that's almost that first stage of, of, of operating in that. 
And it is deep, though, is it? It's, it is. so deep. It's so deep. And I don't really talk about it with everyone because I, um, I meditate every day. I've done for years now. And it's, I, I believe everyone can, I believe in people's potentials, even if they can't believe in their own. You know what I mean? I feel that we've all got the capability to do some amazing things. And I recommend you've got that as your default, as your belief. It's easier for other people to see that in themselves. Mm. Now, I've got um, two clients that have just joined this program I've started. Um, two women. One's an um, older woman. She's been doing HIIT workouts with me three times a week and pushing herself. She goes, I thought I'd never be able to do this. But because we're coaching around it as well, we're working on the mindset first. So I believe that the mind matters most. I think it's pointless you trying to start a new exercise regime or trying to start a new business if you haven't done the work first because yeah. your mind is just going to make you go to your default. It's like a dog on a lead, isn't it? A dog on a lead that you just, uh, wherever you take it, it's going to go. Whether, yeah. that's, whether that's stretching yourself to work out harder or sitting on the couch and do, do nothing. Mm. That... that um, yeah, that, that work and that. It's going back to the lifts, you know, every lift that comes out has got a potential of going 99 floors. Mm. And you go, it's exactly the same lift that goes 10 floors that goes two with, with some mods, but generally it's the same. Mm. It's just one software that changes that potential. Um, so everyone's got the ability to go to 99 floors, but because of their social conditioning, depending on where they've been brought up, who they've been around and everything else, they think they can only go one, two or three, mm. you know? So it's just about being able to help them open up their minds and, and start to believe things. And when people ask me about stuff, I talk openly about it. And I, and I say, it sounds bonkers. If I tell you that I, I feel like I saw the world being created, you're going to become an absolute loon. Mm. Uh, but what, yes. I am, what I'm aware of is just that, You've got, you've got to have the space to, like you say, you can't have this conversation, or you can, but you're wasting this conversation in certain environments with certain people. Just and the potential, potential is they can start attacking you and this, that, and the other. And this is where I think this space is important to be, um, to be in and be aware of. Mm -hmm. I remember watching this guy, he used to go around to car parks and pay people to put gloves on and try and hit him. And he was so good and quick that he just used to shift and shift and move. And they would throw all sorts of punches. And he, he may get caught every now and then, but generally did nothing. Yeah. And I like that, uh, um, was it the Gracie style um, jiu-jitsu? You know, a lot of that's not aggressive, is it? It's, it's put someone in position and they just tap out. It's using your own power. It's like using your own mistake against her. Hmm. So it's, I know you've got a... Uh, stuff to get off and do um so what are you doing at the moment just just plug what you're up to and what you're doing you say so the thing that I, I started off in in covid because obviously my corporate i was, used to go deliver quite a few workshops and do corporate programs up that ceased because there's no so the same but i've started a program called the kickstart to wellness it's a 360 program and it consists of giving the people enrolled a 360 approach to their well-being, i.e. your mind, your body, your spirit. Helps you get routine, build confidence. So it's about goal setting. Yeah. We would work and set some big goals, really big goals. We break them, break them down into milestones and set tasks each week. We meditate Monday to Friday from 6.30 a.m. just for 20 minutes guided meditation. And we work out uh, three times a week. Do hit 20-minute workouts. 
Nice. And a 20-minute HIIT workout is proven to have and burn more calories and fat than... Are you saying HIIT or HIT? HIIT, high-intensity interval training. Right. 20 minutes. Yeah. So 20 minutes, three times a week. Everybody's got that, you know? It's you're doing it from your own. You're doing it on Zoom. And it's... You feel amazing afterwards, Mm. you know? Um, So the premise of the program, that's the, the main thing I'm working on right now. I have had um, the corporate work starting to come back in with MindWork. That's projectmindwork.org. Yeah. Um, and you do one-to-one coaching as well? Yeah, I do one-to-one coaching yeah. as well. I, I do yeah, so check out the website. Um, yeah, I think we'll have to just, we'll keep in touch. I definitely, I'm interested in that um, um, retreat you went on. The, um, the... Can I talk about that? I can yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. that all day. It's very interesting, yeah. Yeah, well, maybe we'll set something up again to have another yeah. um, a, another call and go from there. Um, right. But cheers for coming on. Cheers for being uh, over. Thanks for having me. It's good to have a chat. Yeah, but we'll, we'll be in contact anyway. Yeah, we'll have a coffee again this time. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Mason, cheers, mate. Have a good Sunday. You too, bye-bye. Take care, mate, bye.